The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone. And uh, so excited to be with you here on the Patricia Raskin Show. In our first half hour, we are going to talk about slow cooking, where you can... We're also busy today, and we are going to talk with Phyllis Good. She's the creator of the best-selling Fix It and Forget It series, She has a brand new book called Stock the Crock, a hundred must-have slow cooker recipes with 200 variations for every appetite. The New York Times says that Phyllis Good's books have sold more copies in the United States than the combined works of popular Food Network hosts in a garden, Giada De Laurentiis and Jamie Oliver. Well, that's quite a testimony, and Phyllis Good is the most trusted name for slow cooker recipes. And we're really excited to have you on. Hello, Phyllis. Hi, Patricia. Thanks so much for having me. So now this is an interesting statistic. More than 80% of U.S. households use slow cookers. Wow. And it's not slowing down. It's not slowing down. No, it is not. No, it is not. I think it is one of those sort of miracle appliances that fits people's very chaotic, very full lives. And, you know, they have many commitments. It's very hard to keep all of them. One of them is I really want to feed my family at home as much Mm -hmm. as possible, and there are several reasons. I know what I'm putting into my slow cookers, so I know that it's going to be nutritious. tends to be far more economical, and there's just something wonderful about bringing the family together around the dinner table every night as much as is possible, but because so many of us are working full-time, our kids are involved in sports and all kinds of drama and, right. you know, their musical instruments and all of that, it is so difficult. So the slow cooker, I think, works so well because it allows you to do the preparation in a non-pressured time. Mm-hmm. And then when everyone comes home, and we don't all get home at the same time, but sometime between 5 and 6 in the evening, people show up. And they're hungry and maybe a little grouchy and they have to go somewhere again. And so pulling all of this together is just a very stressful um, experience mm-hmm. in many households. And a slow cooker just is right there and um, does its job very well. Well, I think what's nice is you just do one, it's one step and then it's done. And then you forget right. about it, as you said. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't cook a lot, so this is really good for me. I just sometimes I go out, but right. I do think this is um, this is a great way. Now, we have Thanksgiving coming up. I know this interview will live on and will be on, on the website. But right now, in this time period, we have Thanksgiving coming up. Do you have recipes for Thanksgiving in, in the yes. book? Yes, I do. And let me say, um, some people think that slow cooker recipes are just a little too humble to use at holiday time. 
but that is um, you're you're underselling the slow cooker if you think that we have uh, turkey. I have a turkey breast recipe really? in the book. There's also a turkey tenderloin and then uh, turkey thighs with mushroom gravy. So all of these can be done in the slow cooker. There is also just a fantastic stuffing recipe that mm. um, I was doing a book signing on Saturday and we were giving out food samples and stuffing, which seemed like you know a good choice for the holidays, was far and away the best uh, people just begged for it. They'd come back for seconds. So wow. it's a wonderful, the slow cooker really functions as a second oven. And mm. we need that at holiday time uh, for several reasons. The oven is full. But the other thing is that you can do a lot of the preparation well in advance, hours in advance. So that just takes a lot of the pressure off the the moment when you're expecting the doorbell to ring and people are going to start arriving. Yeah, and you really all you're really doing is you're putting everything in the pot, right? I mean, you're not having it's very different. You're not having to sauté and go back and forth and do it in a certain way and cut the vegetable in a certain way. You just kind of cut it and throw it in there, right? Pretty much, pretty much. Now, I do hasten to say that in some cases you need to give a little more attention so that the outcome is as good as possible. You talked about chopping up vegetables. It's always good to try to make sure that the vegetable pieces are about the same size so that they cook at about the same uh, speed. Uh, So that's one thing to keep in mind. Another is that many recipes urge you to brown. Let's say you're going to do uh, turkey thighs, and they say, well, you know, brown them on top of the stove before putting them into the slow cooker for enhanced flavor. I have tried it both ways, browning it and not browning it, and I cannot tell an appreciable difference in the taste. So I tell people, the recipes in Stock the Croc say, if you have time, Go ahead and brown if you want to. If you don't have time, I'll tell you a secret. You can skip that step and no one will know the difference. So, you know, there are, there are ways to uh, minimize the time investment you have, and, and that's why I've tried to keep these recipes just as simple and clear as possible yeah. because I agree with you. I mean, if it's a multi-step preparation and you have to involve all kinds of pots and pans, that is sort of... That's beside the point. One thing, too, I would add is that pasta, and I've got a bunch of pasta dishes in this cookbook, does not need to be pre-cooked before you put mm. it into, there's a lasagna uh, recipe, a, a mm. vegetable lasagna, and a, also a beef lasagna. Uh, no cooking of the noodles ahead of time. And you don't need to buy the special noodles, the no-cook Nope, you can just use the regular lasagna That's noodles great. that you've always now, used. So skipping that step means no, you know, not the extra pan to wash, right. not those extra twenty right. minutes. Right, Phyllis. What about gluten-free pasta? Because I use a lot of gluten-free products. Does it? Yeah. Is that the same as the regular um, wheat pasta? Y- it, you will have to handle it just slightly differently, but let me just explain. You, you mentioned that the subtitle of the book is 200 Variations for Every Appetite. Those variations are all about how to make these recipes gluten-free if they're not already, or vegan or vegetarian. So we have um, a second index in this book, and it starts, I'll just tell you because I know you have it in front of you, on page 271. 
And you see there are 90 of the 100 recipes, I've counted them, are already gluten-free, or I tell you how to adapt them to make them gluten-free. Because this is such a, you know, all of us have either ourselves or our friends or family are, you know, following different, they have different dietary restrictions or preferences, and Mm. that can be really tricky for the cook. So this book really helps you... uh, manage all of that and and it does speak directly to gluten-free flours as well as uh, pastas yeah that that's really great and really important now i have a question about thanksgiving again i'm so curious about this if you had a small turkey i don't mean a huge one you know like Mm -hmm. a little one could Mm -hmm. you cook that in a slow cooker oh yes oh yes good um the the great cooker these days, the one that I most enjoy, uh, is a six or a quart, a six or a seven quart oval slow cooker. Now that is a pretty good sized slow cooker, but I love it because you can put. It would need to be a small turkey. I've done whole chickens in mine, and they just cook beautifully. It's a slow, moist heat. And it really keeps the meat from cooking dry as long as you don't overdo it. I mean, if you can actually keep something in the slow cooker too long, I think some people don't believe that. They think they're just endlessly forgiving. Well, they're pretty forgiving, but they don't go quite that far. But certainly a turkey, a small turkey, or I'm doing, I bought a turkey thigh, turkey thighs, because thighs in the slow cooker somehow just do marvelously. They're a little heftier. Um, they don't dry out nearly as quickly, and they just turn to butter. Um, it's it's just perfect environment for a turkey to cook. Yeah, and you know, there's a whole thing. There's actually, Phyllis, a thing called turkey phobia. Like, people are nervous about making turkey. Oh, you know, oh I know. And this, and this is easy. This is very easy, and I think one of the reasons we all get a little tense about it is that we know that the breast meat can cook very quickly, and the thigh meat just takes a long time. So how do you manage this? Where my solution has been to um, have a recipe for the breast and a recipe for the thighs and do them at two separate times. Um, and Or if you have, you know, I have friends who have three, four slow cookers because they like to do full meals in them. And it is possible to do that. So borrow a neighbor's or work it out so that you do the, the thighs one day and the breast the next day if, um, if you're trying to avoid that fear of, you know, just not getting it right because you've tried the whole turkey and then you have the yeah. carcass to deal with and all of that. So it is possible to simplify. Well, this, I mean, this is just such a, a, a wonderful book. And it's all pictures, beautiful yeah. picture book, very yeah. and very easy. And they're right. just, um, yeah, very easy. And what I like, too, is it has everything. I mean, it. you have vegetarian, you have beef, you have, ve- right, you have uh, chicken, let's yes. see, chicken, yes. um, everything, uh, almost most of the meats. Yes, yes, we really do, including seafood. And um, that surprises many people. But Yes, a special, it would surprise me. Yes, there's a special way of handling it that I have found really works wonderfully. You'll see... Um, let me see, there is, well, yeah, let me just describe it for those of you who don't have the book in front of you. There's a recipe in the book that calls for um, potatoes in the base, followed by some tomatoes and onions over top, followed by whole green beans. And mm. all of those t- 
take quite a while to cook. The sliced potatoes and the whole green beans are going to take hours to get tender. So that's what you put into the slow cooker when you leave in the morning. Some, a I bit of broth and, um, and, and seasonings, and you just let those cook away for five, six, seven hours while you're gone. Then when you come home, you get out the haddock fillets or the salmon fillets mm-hmm. that you have in the refrigerator, and while you're making a salad, saying hi to the kids, feeding the dog, changing your clothes, you are cooking those fish fillets in on top. You've just laid them in on top of those already tender vegetables. Oh, that's great. And it only takes 15 to 20 minutes. Wow, you put a, a little fresh seasoning over top. Yeah, and what great. you have done is managed to get the convenience of the slow cooker, but you have also... Uh, Mm. allowed something far more delicate to cook uh, to its optimum. You have not mm-hmm. overcooked it at all. Right. And, and all it's right. a great, it, staging a recipe like that just makes so much sense. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And okay. we are talking to Phyllis Good about her brand new book, Stock the Crock, 100 Must-Have Slow Cooker Recipes. There are 200 variations in this cookbook for every appetite. Phyllis Good is the most trusted name for slow cooker recipes. And according to the New York Times, her books have sold more copies in the United States than the combined works of very, of many of the Food Network hosts. So stay tuned. We'll have more with Phyllis right after the break about slow cook recipes and making your life happier and healthier and easier all at the same time. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. We're here on VoiceAmerica.com. America's Voice. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. We live in perilous times on a beautiful yet fragile planet. As a species, we are not doomed to self-destruct. We can live in peace and in love for one another. We can save this, our only home. We must mature. Open your mind. Soften your heart. Listen for the fate of humanity. Crucial conversations for our survival. With host Lauren N. Nile. Tune in. The Fate of Humanity airs Wednesdays at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You. 
you are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back, and we are talking to Phyllis Good about her brand new book, Stock the Crock. Phyllis Good is the most trusted name for slow cooker recipes. According to New York, the New York Times, her books have sold more copies in the United States than the combined works of Food Network hosts, Ina Garten, Jada De Laurentiis, Jamie Oliver, and several others. So in her new book, which is Stock the Crock, she's compiled 100 delicious must-have recipes and 200 variations for any kind of diet, like if you're gluten-free or paleo or vegan. And so we're really happy to have her. And what we're finding out is that more than 80% of U.S. households use slow cookers. 13 million slow cookers are sold each year. All right. Welcome back, Phyllis. Thank you, Patricia. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you told me something during the break that I think is very worth sharing on the air. And it was about why a lot of people don't use slow cookers because they think you can just take everything and throw it in and walk away. And right. what you're saying is that's not, I mean, it's nice, but that's not what's going to make great food. That is right. Yes. I think for too long, we thought that slow cookers are a complete miracle appliance. And that just meant we'd put in it anything we felt like. And somehow while we were doing other things for the whole day, it was turning this into edible food. And I think part of the reason slow cookers have had a bit of a tarnished reputation is that that is, you know, if you do that, you're coming home to something kind of mushy, something without a lot of distinct flavors. You aren't exactly sure what you're eating because it's kind of lost its identity in that long cooking. In fact, you can take just a bit of care not much more time, just a little bit more care, and that has to do with the cut of meat you buy. I recommend Mm. if you're going to do beef, buy chuck roast. It has a nice amount of marbling in it. There is something about the slow, moist heat of the slow cooker that just tenderizes it, never destroys its flavor, does not ruin its texture, but it is a perfect choice of meat. I'm just using that as an example. If you're going to do pork, I'd stay away from a pork loin because that's too um, it's too low fat. There's almost no fat in it. It's very delicate meat, and it will dry out very quickly. But if you buy a pork butt, that is going to cost you less per pound, and it is, again, just like a chuck roast, the kind of meat that the collagens just melt. It mm. doesn't lose its flavor. In fact, it gets more flavorful. And it turns out a wonderful outcome. It's always what I suggest for pulled pork. And then you add sauces to it or you add herbs and spices and seasonings and, and that's where you get then that delectable flavor. But you've, you've just given two thoughts to, okay, what am I actually putting mm-hmm. in here and what mm-hmm. do I want to add to it? And, uh, just being very alert to the fact that more delicate foods don't want to be cooked as long as something that's heavier right. and sturdier. So um, I try, I'm very specific in the book. Um, 
for example, I, I've said this earlier, I suggest usually buying chicken thighs rather than chicken breasts because the outcome is so much better. Um, beef chuck roast. And, and so, again, I try. I didn't know anything about cooking um, when my husband and I got married. We were both grad school students. And he knew how to cook, but he had volunteered to clean. And I thought, hey, that is a good deal. I'm sure I can learn to cook. Well, it took a while. And I just learned myself from scratch. And so I sympathize a lot with people who don't have confidence in the kitchen. So I made a pledge when I began doing cookbooks, pledge to myself, and that is I'm going to try to write the instructions as specifically and clearly as possible without being burdensome, but just to help people like me who weren't sure. I didn't know how to get chicken broth from a chicken, for example, Mm. and I was too proud to call my mom and ask. So, you know, it's that kind of very basic information that's here that um, I want people to be able to succeed. Well, I, I mean, it's it's interesting. The other thing that I found fascinating was the desserts. I mean, you making bet. cream brulee and chai yes. apple butter in the slow cooker, really? Yes, <laughs> yes, it is true, yes. You can... Um, the creme brulee, I suggest doing them in little ramekins, and you don't you don't put water in in as a water bath or anything. You just put the custard mix into these little um, ramekins, set them straight onto the floor of the slow cooker, and flip it on, cover the the pot, and uh, let it go, and it just turns out beautifully. And you know, somebody said to me, you know, that's a little like sport cooking. It's just almost sheer entertainment. And that is true. It's it's really a crowd pleaser when you can bring a, you know, creme brulee to the table and tell them you made it in a slow cooker. But more than that, it is just very good. It turns out perfectly. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who has stopped doing her quick breads in the oven. She does them all in the slow cooker because she said there's something about the crumb structure that is just unlike uh, what happens in the oven. Wow. What else would you would you really like our listeners to know? You know, just in terms of um, just in terms of general tips. I mean, you've you've told us a lot already. But sure. What, what would you like them to know that maybe they didn't know? Um, very very good question. I think if you're sort of suddenly stimulated now to get that old slow cooker out that you haven't used for quite a while, you'll see, okay, you'll have a better outcome if the first time you use it, you do it on a day when you're at home because slow cookers have personalities just like our ovens do. (laughs) And, you know, we all know, does your oven cook fast or does it cook slow? And you have to just kind of adapt recipes sometimes to get it to do you know, have the kind of outcome you want. A slow cooker is not unlike that. And so you'll see that these recipes, I'm looking um, I'm looking here at creamy chicken stuffing and green beans, and you'll see I say it, it cooks somewhere between three and three and a half hours. Well, why that swing? Well, it's because if you have a cooker that cooks hot and fast, you only need to cook it three hours. If you have one that's a little slower, it takes a little longer, then you're going to need three and a half hours, maybe four. But you don't know that until you've put food into it and experimented. And I always hate if people have invested the time and the energy to have them have uh, a disaster. So that's why if you can and you're work full time, do it on a Saturday when you're at home. Cook it, first of all, for the less amount of time because you can always add time and um, 
you know, just start in plenty of time. You can't undo so it if you cook less, it too so long. Cook, right. So cook less. Be less. Be- Exactly. And then and then you'll know, you know, remember, oh, okay, I'm looking now at Vera's famous beef roast. Cook eight to nine hours. Well, let's say you do that. You put it in. You want to eat at six in the evening. You put it on at 10 in the morning. Um, do it for eight hours okay. and see how it goes. If you need another hour, get everybody to stretch till seven o'clock to eat <laughs> and, and you've got... Yeah. You've got now, a, better, Phyllis, a better outcome. How did you get into all this? I mean, t- fascinating. Your background, were you um, were you cooking before? Just tell us. Fascinating to me. Well, okay. I don't want to get in. You, you'll, you'll tell me if I'm talking too long here about all of well, this. We have about I, three minutes left, so go ahead. Okay. I, didn't, I had no interest in how cooking happened when I was a kid growing up. Um, my mom, my dad, my grandparents uh, surrounded me. We had great food all the time. They were all cooks. I didn't pay any attention to how this happened. And the summer that we were getting married, my mom just begged me, you know, hey, let's have a little instruction here in the kitchen. And I was zero interest, totally ignored it. So I had, as I said, I, I, I had to depend on cookbooks. And I came to love cooking. I was a graduate student, and uh, it was such a great alternative to sitting and reading a book all day, and it was just fun to see what happened. Go down the road a number of years, my husband and I became publishers, and we were publishing cookbooks, which I was writing, and they were doing well. And we had a cookbook plan from another author. We didn't publish only books I was writing. Uh, she was not coming through, and I, we suddenly saw she wasn't going to make it uh, on time. So we pulled out our list of ideas, and a staff member uh, had recommended that we do a slow cooker cookbook. I was the skeptic. I just said, I don't see how we can have a cookbook when all you can make in a slow cooker is beef stew. She said, no, 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 no. She said, my friends are discovering all kinds of ways to use it. And they're doing, they have three or four of them on the kitchen counter. They're cooking away, and that's how they do their dinner. And I said, okay, uh, let's see, let's, we'll do a test. So I had gathered um, a great list of good home cooks because I am not a chef. The books I was doing, I was gathering recipes from great home cooks and uh, putting cookbooks together from that because I, I respect home cooks. So I sent an invitation to my list. We got 1,800 recipes from all parts of the meal. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm missing something here. And then you had something. Yeah. We've only got a minute left. So go ahead real quick. We tested them all. Yep. And that was the first book. Wow. And how many books now? This is your second book. Uh, I have done uh, about, this is, I think, my eighth slow cooker cookbook. Wow. Because there's just so much to explore there. And those early books had hundreds of recipes. Now the question is, okay, but which are the must-have, which are the recipes I can trust? And so that's why this time I said, all right, I'm going to select what I consider the best. And that's uh, what you find in Stock the Crock. Thank you so much. How can people find your book? You can go to Amazon, you can go to Barnes & Noble, lots of independent bookstores are carrying it as well. Uh, our website is stockthecrock.com, and if you go there, you'll find links to all of those places if you don't have stores in your hometown. Okay, all right, stand the line for a minute, Phyllis. So my guest has been Phyllis Good, wonderful interview. Her book is Stock the Crock, go to stockthecrock.com, 100 must-have slow cooker recipes. All right, stay tuned, folks. Our second interview is coming right up, right here on voiceamerica.com. I'm Patricia Raskin. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.